Happy Easter. There we go. Great to have you guys here this morning. Great to be celebrating here with you. My name is Tim Harkness. I'm the senior pastor here at Harvest Bible Chapel. Man, a couple things we have going on around here, a couple pillars. We lift the name of Jesus Christ high in worship. Amen? May he be lifted up. Amen. Amen. And uh, one other thing, we proclaim the authority of God's word without apology, and that's where we're headed right now. Time to take a little bit of time to dive into God's Word and see what He has to say. So before we do that, just want to do a little shout out. For those in the 309 room, we've got a couple hundred people or a hundred people or so over there in the 309, so appreciate you guys and love you and great to have you guys with us as well. And uh, man, we are packing it in here, making much of our Savior, all right? So as we go into this morning, we're going to dive into His Word. Before we do it, let's make sure we have a little lay of the land, all right? So before we dive in, what's this story going to be about? This is Peter, and he's going to be sharing some of his words. And so before he was going to share, this is what went on. Cornelius is actually at his house, and he's trying to worship God, and there's information he doesn't have and things he doesn't know about Jesus Christ. And as he's praying and as he's talking through things and working with his God, he gets this message. You need to go get Simon, Peter. He's going to give you the rest of the information. You need to hear what he has to say. He gets it in a vision. He gets it from an angel. So he sends a couple of his guys. He's like, I'm going to hang here. You go get Simon. Meanwhile, Simon, on the other side, he's getting up. He's getting ready to go pray as well and talk to his God. And he gets a vision from God where this sheet rolls out, four corners of it. And on the sheet, there are all kinds of animals what they would have labeled unclean animals, animals he shouldn't touch or be around according to Jewish law. And then he gets this message from God, go ahead, eat, right? And so Peter has one of those Peter moments where he goes, no, God. Have you ever had those moments where you tell God he's wrong, right? He's like, no, man, I can't do that. That's wrong. And, uh, Clearly needing to be informed on some things. Whenever we're telling God he's wrong, usually it means we have something to learn. You know what I'm saying? And so Peter's like, I can't do it. That's not what I've been taught. And he said, I'm telling you this. Whatever God's made clean is clean indeed. Time for you to get ready to break this barrier down. All right? Oh, and by the way, three guys are coming for you. Right then, at the door, what would you do? Yes. God has sent us to get you. I was wondering, right? And so, so here they go. Now they're off to Cornelius's and they get back to the other side. Cornelius, this is what's been going on over there. He sent the three guys. He's like, well, I'm not just hanging here by myself. Time to get some family. Time to get some friends. Time to rally this place and fill it full and hang on. God's bringing someone. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Pretty sure, just hang on with me here and and wait. That's where we're picking it up. Peter getting to the door to see Cornelius to talk with him. So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Acts 10, starting in verse 34. If you do not have a Bible, the ushers have one. They would love to get one to you. Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you, all right? We're going to walk through these verses, verses 34 to 43. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand and they will get one to you. Acts 10, starting in verse 34. Okay, be patient. They're getting there. They're coming down the aisles. So here you go. 
Let's just dive in while we're doing this. Peter, he's been sent with, to give a message. And they're like, you're going to need to tell him about Jesus. What would you share about Jesus Christ? If you were asked to be the one sharing, what would you share about him? This is what Peter had to share as God impressed upon his heart and soul. This is what you need to know about Jesus Christ. Here we go. Number one, point number one, hope. Jesus shares peace without partiality. Hope. Jesus shares peace without partiality. It says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, well, he is Lord of all, right? Continues on from there. This is Peter's first part of his message. As he walks in and he's talking to Cornelius, he says, uh, well, I just want you to understand, truly, like, I'm not lying, like, based on the facts, that's what that literally means, truly. It means based on the facts, here's my understanding, God shows no partiality. Why does he say that? Well, because he's now standing in a room full of Gentiles. Everybody say, that's a bad thing. As far as the Jews are concerned, they're like, you're kidding me. You went in a room full of Gentiles? And uh, yep, it was against the law, but God told me to bust that law. He gave me the vision and said it was time to forget the unclean rules, time to break out across barriers. And so now he's standing in a room full of Gentiles, and he's offering up words of opportunity about Jesus Christ. He says, I understand that God shows no partiality. Do you believe that? Do you believe God shows no partiality? I mean, if you really think it through, you might be like, well, hang on. My life seems a little bit unfair. I got a friend whose life is going a lot smoother than my life. Our family's been going through it, man, and how is he not partial? It seems that there are definite differences in the way we're living and the experiences we have. And, well, be careful whenever you're reading Scripture to not stop too early, okay? If you keep reading, he gives the answer of what he's talking about right here. He says, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Are you hearing about what he's talking about? He's not talking about some momentary, temporary circumstances here on earth. He's talking about eternity, man. He's like, I'm telling you this. God does not show partiality. He has anyone saved who will trust in him. You hear in the beginning of Peter's message? He's like, as I step into this room full of Gentiles, there's hope for you as there was hope for me. And uh, man, in this room today, you're like, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how I shook my fist at God. You don't know the sin that I've invested in. And I'm telling you this, God's message is simple and clear. No partiality. He loves you. And he's willing to bring you into his fold for eternity. It says here, for those who fear him and go after what is right. He makes them acceptable. 
That's a huge deal. We have hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? We have hope in Him. And He's not looking around just looking for the spectacular, the unique, the perfect. In fact, none of us are that. None of us have made it there. We all have come up short. Everybody say, all of us. All of us have come up short. We're all in need of a Savior. If you're here today and you're like, you wouldn't believe my sin, you wouldn't believe your Savior. Time to meet Jesus Christ face to face. I'm telling you, an amazing God with an amazing acceptance. Well, what does He bring as acceptance? Look what it says. As for the word that He sent to Israel right, the word that Jesus was preaching and the word that was announced about Jesus, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, that He is Lord of all, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ. And uh, peace, best definition for that word is calm in the midst of a storm. See, a lot of us think of peace and we think when there is no storm, right, when everything is completely quiet. There's peace then, that's true, but biblical peace, man, that's when the storm is raging, and yet there's an unbelievable calm within because you're trusting in your Savior and King. Peace. He talked about bringing a peace to mankind, a peace between God and men. Luke chapter 2 verse 15 says, on earth peace, as they're declaring Jesus Christ. There is hope in Him, there is peace in Him, and... uh, Peace, man, it can be pretty elusive in this day and age. So I just wrote this down. Four facets of biblical peace. You may want to write these down. Four facets of biblical peace. Uh, number one, if you have true biblical peace, you will have a restful mind. A restful mind. Biblical peace, it doesn't keep you up at nights worrying about what about tomorrow and did I do enough and what if I need to and, Right? There's a restful mind because your Savior has it. You've done what you can do and you're handing the rest to Him. You trust Him. Restful mind. And another facet of biblical peace, a quiet conscience. A quiet conscience. Biblical peace is, He has handled my sin at the cross for eternity. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. None. We have hope in Him. Our conscience calmed as we have relied on him. He has made a payment we could not make. We are covered. And there's hope in that. And covered if you've trusted in him, feared in him, as it says here. So a restful mind, a quiet conscience, a surrendered will, biblical peace. Lord, what do you want done? Have you ever noticed how unrested and unpeaceful we are? when we're trying to take control of the situation ourselves, Control, it's like the exact opposite of peace. When you're trying to manipulate and manage everything, guarantee you're not tasting a biblical peace at that moment, all right? And uh, a restful mind, a quiet conscience, a surrendered will, and then a hopeful heart, number four. Hopeful heart. Because we serve a Savior who has a solution. Because we serve a God who's got his hand on it. He knows where he's headed and we're counting on him. Praise be to God. Biblical peace, a restful mind, a quiet conscience, a surrendered will, and a hopeful heart. Where does that come from? 
by putting your faith and trust in the one who is, as it says here, Lord of all. And that's the name of the sermon series we're going after now. We're going to do a series over the next six weeks here, Lord of all. And it's all about Jesus Christ in charge and uh, resting in Him and counting on Him. He is Lord of all. That's Jesus Christ. Everybody just say it with me. Lord of all. Louder and bigger. Lord of all. That's Jesus Christ, man. That's where peace comes from. Trusting in the one who truly is in charge. See, the reason our control doesn't get it done is because we actually have no authority into the situation. We keep trying to assert ourselves, and then worse, when it doesn't work, manipulate to try to get what we want, but God's actually got his hand on it. Trust in him, all right? And uh, so, an example. You know, when we talk through what it looks like to be in the midst of a storm and have peace, I was trying to think of an image. So here's an image that we found. Let's go ahead and throw this up. A bit of a storm going on, right? And, and look at the guy kicking back in the edge of the doorstep there. You see it? He's standing in the lighthouse and he's like, okay, just waiting out. And uh, just so you know, this is an actual photograph that was taken. This is an actual photo. This dude lived, just so you know. Some people look at him and they're like, great, he looks calm, but then what happened to him, right? And uh, he did survive this whole storm and this major wave that was rolling in. There was actually a photographer up on a helicopter taking a picture of him. And uh, this guy, Theodore Malgorn, did survive. And uh, just resting and relaxing in the doorstep right there. Not anymore, though. <laughs> resting and relaxing in the doorstep uh, as that wave was coming through. Actually, as he saw the wave, he jumped inside, closed the door, and got up a few steps. His security was in the lighthouse and the, the solidity of that lighthouse, our security is in Jesus Christ and the solidity of our Savior. He has it all in hand. And all of God's people said, that's what we're talking about. So question, where's your hope? Are you seeking out peace in the one who is Savior, Jesus Christ? And if you've come in today and you are carrying a load, it is time to set it down at the foot of your Savior trusting in him, peace eternal. So number two, healing. Jesus has all power and restores. Jesus has all power and restores. It says, and we are witnesses of, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all, who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. It says, you yourselves know what happened. This is one of those moments when he was talking and he's like, come on, dude, you were there. I think he used the word dude. I'm pretty sure he did. He's <laughs> like, come on, dude, you were there. You know what's going on. And, and you remember, and you remember the stir that happened when Christ came into the town. And you remember when, right, that's what's happening. He's calling upon them to think back. He said, remember back to the baptism that John proclaimed. There was a baptism of righteousness. As John said, get ready. And then as Jesus was walking by, he points and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist ushering in the hope that Jesus Christ was bringing as a lamb for you and for me. And uh, 
It says, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Man, get ready. This is one of those moments in Scripture. You have God the Father anointing God the Son with God the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing that? And in the midst of the Trinity going on, Jesus Christ, he's going to make an impact in this world. God the Son speaking on behalf of God the Father with the power of God the Holy Spirit and rocking that place. Time to bring in the clarity. Done with sin. On with our Savior. Up with Jesus Christ. He has the answer. He entered into a broken world simply to say this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Time to trust. I've got this thing in hand. As he was getting ready to go to the cross for you and for me. Praise be to God. He was calling him to remember all that was taking place. He said he went about doing good. Could there be a bigger understatement? of Jesus' ministry. What did Jesus do? Well, he did good. He did good, you know? And uh, not sure there's a bigger understatement made, but making it clear, like he wasn't hurting people along the way. He was getting the point across of teaching and training and shaping and shepherding. He was calling people to where they needed to be, but more than that, doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. In this moment, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were going against the gates of hell and knocking them down. This was the moment where they were stepping in and saying, done with evil and its reign, up with the God of the universe and his salvation. There will be hope through Jesus Christ as he began one by one, soul by soul, to heal to do good, and to bring a message of unbelievable hope. That's our Savior. And uh, it says God was with him. You ever notice that when you see God at work, it's unbelievably unmatchable, right? You see things happen that you haven't seen before, and you just get a taste of what it could have looked like back then. And Man, last week was one of those times here. We had baptism services and loaded the place in. We had 70 people getting baptized and testifying that they were following after Jesus Christ. Person after person, testimony after testimony, massive statements of trusting in Jesus Christ. An awesome celebration. Here's what I love most. When we got to the end of the celebrating, 70 testimonies done, two services done, and everybody is just thrilled and celebrating and exhausted with all the work, and someone came up afterwards and said, I hear it, I don't have it. What does that mean? And as they walked through things and walked through some needs, this person ended up trusting Jesus Christ as Savior, and man, that's the, amen to that. Amen. That's the power of God at work. You share what God's doing in your life, and the person next to you goes, really, dude, I don't have that. And I, I don't know what that even looks like. And um, that's what Peter was sharing here is the power of God at work. And God was beginning to stir in the souls of these people. And uh, it says that he heals. How are you doing? 
Are you in need of some healing? Are you hurting? Maybe deep inside there's something going on that has you wrecked. It's time to go to your Savior who has the answer. Man, trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. I'm telling you, there is no better place. There is no other spot. If you're here today and you're hurting and you're wrestling, please hear my cry. It is time to drop on your knees before Him and trust in Him. The one who does good, the one who heals, the one who is restoring what is broken. And count on your King, Jesus Christ. So Peter was talking about the hope in him. Peter was talking about the healing in him. Number three, Peter was talking about life in him. He said, there are witnesses to Jesus' death and resurrection. Life. There are witnesses to Jesus' death and resurrection. He says, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. He's like, I just want to make this clear now. You've heard rumors about Jesus Christ and all that's gone on witness right here, saw it, been there. Others in this room who are believers that came with me, believing in him, saw it. And we are witnesses of all that God did. It says, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Uh, Crucified. Put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day. But God raised him on the third day. Again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit at work. And so he's raised on the third day, and there is life in him. Why are we here today? Because God raised him. Amen? Man, that's our hope. That's our salvation. That's our everything. Listen to me. Anyone can go to the cross and die. There's not much miracle in that. But Christ did more. In taking on the weight of sin, more. And then more than that, raised from the dead, hear me now, Jesus Christ. He has conquered sin. He has conquered death. He has declared, it is finished. Punishment paid. But more than that, as the rock started to rumble and peel back, just like we opened this service, as we begin to celebrate our Savior conquering death, coming back to life, rising again physically and bodily, there are witnesses. It is utterly essential that we understand Jesus Christ is alive. He did rise again. He lives in bodily form, and he is Savior. That's our hope. Everybody say hope. Hope. That's our hope is in Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. He has conquered what we cannot conquer. He has given us what we cannot have. He has earned what we cannot earn. And while we stand in our sin and our shame going nowhere, he says this. I love you. I've got you. I'm reaching out to you. This cross and this pain and this bloodshed for you. And then he rose again from the dead and said, I wasn't kidding. Life eternal. Praise be to God. He 
is risen. Everybody say it with me. He is risen. Amen. It deserves some applause. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is alive. He did arise in bodily form. And Peter goes into some detail here. He's like, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God. He had a plan. But to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses. Ready? Here's how important it was to Peter that he was in bodily resurrection. Who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Peter's like, I'm not kidding with the body thing, man. I saw him take some food and like chew on it. I saw him swallow and it disappeared into his body. I saw him pick up some liquid and he went like this and it went into his body and he like drank it. Bodily resurrection. Real witnesses. In a court of law, Christ is found risen. That's what he's saying. Trust in him. Risen from the dead. Healing bringing good news and good word, hope, peace. That's our Savior. And uh, man, what an awesome privilege. Many of us have tasted of the loss of a loved one or the loss of a friend. And uh, death, it is hurtful and it is damaging and devastating to the families going through it and to the friends around it. And uh, I've been there myself, and my sister passed away at age 20 when I was 23 and, and rocked our family. And I'm telling you, we longed for that call that said, never mind. God chose a different path. He woke her back up. And uh, the aneurysm ended up taking her in those couple of days. And while we were longing and praying for a miracle there, God had other plans, and he took her home to be with him. And uh, praise God, she has eternity with him, and we love him for that. And uh, Peter had lost a friend here. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. He was a great leader and a great guy. And over several days, longing that something could have been different. And then it was. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't think we grasp that, man. We don't live in that moment where you have lost and you are devastated. But then he's alive? Are, are you sure? Don't joke with me. This is, are you kidding? I got to see for myself, right? That's how it all plays out. That's how it all goes down. And in the end, there are not just witnesses to an empty tomb. There are witnesses to the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. They walked with him. They talked with him. They saw him. They laughed with him. They wept with him. They ate with him. They drank with him. Jesus is alive. And all of God's people said, amen. amen, man. That is our hope. Amen. Simple question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? That he is alive? Power in his name. Do you believe that? Man, if you're here today and you're like, uh, dude, I just came to sit with family. Uh, welcome. And uh, please consider, this is our Savior. He is awesome. He brings hope and he brings healing and he brings life and life eternal through his resurrection. And uh, how? 
Let's get to that now. Point number four. Most important piece of his definition here is that when he gets to the end, he says, salvation. And Jesus is Lord of all. We must believe in his name for forgiveness of sins. Jesus is Lord of all. We must believe in his name for forgiveness of sins. And uh, notice he says, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Peter's like, I want to make this clear. Yeah, I talked to him. And he gave me one message. He will be ruling over everything. He is king of kings and lord of lords. He will be judge. Yes, of everyone living and yes, of everyone dead. Judge of all, Jesus Christ. He is God over all. And he does have something to say about it. And uh, it says here, To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives the forgiveness of sins through his name. Notice it does not say everyone who believes something, just give it a shot, anything. It doesn't say that. It says who believes in him, Jesus Christ. He declared while he was here before he went to the cross, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is our one hope. He is the one God who has made payment for you and me and calls us to believe and trust in him, Jesus Christ. It says that the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. What is that all about? Okay, here's what it's about. We talk about it this way here at Harvest. We must admit that we're in a spot, man. And our spot is this. We are sinners, okay? We've told it around here a number of times, the word sin. It sounds like a religious term because that's all we ever hear it connected to, but it's actually a sports term, right? After watching, how many watched the Final Four yesterday? You watched some of that? A couple of air balls in there, right? And uh, that's all we're talking about is it's a sports term. It means to pull back and shoot Miss the bullseye, miss the outer, miss everything and hit the turf in front of it. It's an archery term that meant air ball. That's all it meant. And it says, we've all shot an air ball. We've come up short, man. God's glory, us. Come up short, in need. And what difference does that make? Okay, so we came up short. So what? In Romans 6.23, it says, that the wages of coming up short is eternal separation from Him. And we stand alone by ourselves, and it does mean punishment forever. It says Jesus Christ stands as judge. Be careful. Do not toy with that. It's time to respond to the Savior who has us in hand, loves on us, pours it in, cares for. He has peace and healing and hope and life to reject and turn away and say, I'll stand on my own, is not the choice you want to make. So the first step is admit. Admit that I'm a sinner. Uh, admit that I'm not perfect. Can we just do that? That's pretty easy, right? Admit that I'm not perfect. I've met one person in my life that said to me, no, dude, I'm perfect. That, that was a strange conversation right? Seriously, you're perfect. It didn't take long, and he finally went, well, maybe not exactly perfect, right? Thank you. 
Like, we're not. We miss the mark. Some miss it by a sum, but most miss it by a ton. And regardless, it's a miss, and that's a miss completely. So tell me, if you missed an, uh, the rim in basketball, right, you don't hit anything, you airball it in front by an inch, how many points is that worth? Zero. What if I miss by three feet? How many points is that worth? Both worth zero. That's what Paul's saying. Be careful. We're in dire straits when we stand on our own. Admit we're in need of a Savior. And, and then B, believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And do you believe that He is alive? That there is life in Him and power in Him? Do you believe? Okay. Some of you are like, check, check. I got both of those. Hear me though. Scripture says the devils also believe that and they tremble. Why? Well, because they're not trusting in Him. They just know about Him. And maybe you're here today and it's time to turn it from knowing about Christ to knowing Christ. Right? Admit and believe is great. Now it's time for the C word, confess. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord. Lord of all of your life, Lord. Confessing Him as in charge in your world. See, that's where the difference becomes. I don't just know about Him. I've said, Lord, take over in my life. And maybe you've got some sin that has you gripped and you just, He doesn't want me. You don't know what I've done. And hear me, He does. He loves you. He's here for you. It's time for that sin to be paid for with the cross and his shed blood. Admit that you need a Savior. Believe that he's risen. Confess him as your Lord. That's what it looks like to be saved. It says, everyone who believes in him, the word believe was a word that bent to them. Not See, today we kind of mess up the words. Believe, it's sort of like think it or something, right? That's not what it means. Believe, it means like I'm so convinced of it that my actions will follow suit. Believe in him. All right? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Are you willing to put your faith and trust in Him? Maybe you haven't before, and today is the day to put that stake in the ground right now to make it happen. Like, Lord, I want to be done with this battling, and I want to trust in you for hope and healing, for you to protect me and care for me and cover my sin right now to put the stake in the ground. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. We've got a lot of people here today, and maybe there is somebody that wants to put their faith and trust in Him. Let's do that. So let's go to bowing in prayer right now. We're going to take a little bit of time. Here's what I'm going to ask. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, you have a job to do. Please be praying right now for anyone in this room who needs to be trusting in him. Lord, please move in this room. If you're already saved, trusting in Christ, just pray for God to move. And if you haven't trusted Christ, maybe right now is the time. And, uh, you know, it's just letting God know, I, I, I'm in, I'm all in. I, I believe, I, I'm counting on you. And, uh, you know, Scripture doesn't say how to be, it says believe and confess, but Doing it through a prayer is a great way to do that. 
And uh, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray out loud. I'm going to pray a prayer of commitment to him. Just pray after me if you have not trusted in Christ. Just right where you are, praying silently, letting God know you're committing to him. You're believing in him. All right? Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I am not perfect. I admit that I've done things wrong and I'm going against you. Lord, I admit I need you. I believe, I believe that you are alive, that you rose again from the dead. I believe. But now, Jesus, I want to do one more thing than that. I confess you as in charge in my life. Will you please be my Lord, my God? Lord, I long for your healing and your peace and your forgiveness. It's in the mighty saving name of God I pray. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And if you prayed that prayer, if you committed to Christ this morning, I would love to be able to pray for you. As we close out here, I would love to be able to pray for you. Could you just let me know you did that? Just slip your hand up. Just raise your hand up and let me know that you prayed and trusted Christ as Savior. Amen. I see that hand, bro. Amen. Anybody else who trusted Christ, you're like, that's it, I'm in. I trust him as Savior. I want to move on. Amen. I see that. Amen. Amen. See that hand. Gotcha. Man, God's moving in this place right now. Be praying right now. Lord, we love you. And we trust in you. We cry out to you. Lord, be in charge of my life. Is there anybody else who wants to hand their life to him and you just want to let me know so I can pray for you? Just raise your hand. I don't want to miss anyone. Amen, I got you. Amen, I see your hand. Amen. Yeah. Amen, I see your hand. Awesome. And I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. We have a Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. I know there have been a number of people, too, that have trusted Christ in the last few weeks, and I I'd love to be able to pray for you as well. If you want me to do that as well, feel free to raise your hand and let me know. I, we know about a bunch of you, but if you're here and you want me to pray for you, that's great. Yeah, gotcha. Amen, I see your hand. Lord's been stirring around this place in the last few weeks. It's been amazing how many have been coming to trust him. All right. Here's the deal. 
I'm just going to close out in prayer here. As I do, I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up and get set in place. And uh, I'm going to pray for us and for all those that have trusted Christ here. Father God, we thank you. We love you. We worship you. Lord, we praise your name that you are stirring in this place right now. Lord, we're in awe that we have the chance, even though we've made much of self and gone our own way, for you to step in in love and say, I've got this. I'm your king. You went to the cross and made a replacement payment we could never make. Your blood on the cross for me. Lord, I just thank you for so many in this room right now that have believed in you, that have said, I'm in and I'm trusting you. Lord, you have moved in the rows, you have moved in the aisles, you have moved in this place, and we are honored that we could be here with you, that we could worship you and point to you. Thank you, almighty King, for who you are. Thank you for all that you do. You are Lord of all. We have hope in you. We have healing in you. We have life in you. And best of all, Lord, we have eternal salvation, so rich and free, you and all of your work for us. We love you, Lord. There is none like you. May we worship your almighty name. It's in your mighty, all-powerful name I pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen.